This is the two halves. ABC Grandstand. On ABC Grandstand Digital. Hello and welcome to the two halves with Amanda Shalala and Rugby League Week's Matt Logue. Across Asia and the Pacific, you're listening to us with Radio Australia and in Australia on Grandstand Digital Radio or on the web. You can always go to the podcast page on abc.net.au forward slash grandstand and we're also on iTunes. So there's plenty of places to catch up on the show where we talk all things rugby league. Coming up, we'll preview all of the round 24 clashes. But we're going to start with the big news from Canberra. Matt, take us through it. Well, yeah, massive news, really. Afternoon, everyone. Uh, never a dull moment in the great game of rugby no league, <laughs> and this week is no exception. Uh, unbelievable stuff. And we do start in the nation's capital. David Ferner sacked during the week. Uh, massive news, and I suppose news that was delivered to David by his brother Don. Now, must have been very, very difficult that's for tough, Don. That's tough, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's extremely tough. But I think, in some respects, a, a poison chalice there for David, because... In many respects, a lot of people thought, well, he only had the job because of his brother, Don. And, yeah. you know, I believe behind the scenes, there's been a lot of controversy, off-field controversy at the Canberra Raiders. We go way back to Todd Carney. We've got Josh Dugan. We've got Blake Ferguson. The list is long. Now, through this process, for most of the time, the players and the senior players, they had a say on the culture of the club, an input on where they, the direction of where they wanted the Canberra Raiders to go. Dave Furnett, from what I'm hearing, made a decision that he would take control of that and then therefore take away the power of the senior playing group to make or have an input on these uh, off-field indiscretions by players, obviously the likes of Ferguson. And this was only weeks later, I believe, David Shillington, which was well-publicised, he stepped down from the senior, senior leadership group. Yeah, that's right, over the Blake Ferguson, over the decision the, not to sack absolutely. him. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I, I believe David, he was out at his birthday, uh, and this was a couple of months ago, and he was getting inundated you know, by fans saying, asking about Dugan, and, and I think it just hit Shiloh, where he just yeah. went, look, I've had enough. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, from my understanding is it's Shillington, uh, there's other senior players, Brett White, Terry Campisi, it's been reported they've approached the board over the, I suppose, the, the toxic sort of um, environment that existed. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily David Furnett's fault, but there was a, a culture that there that wasn't necessarily working and, and the senior players have spoken out. But it all stems back to the fact that certain senior players didn't get their say over, you know, with the club, where the club was going with misbehaving players. Well, David Ferner has had his right of reply. He spoke to Grandstand's Tim Gable about the decision to sack him with just three rounds left to the finals and the Raiders still in contention to make that top eight. Well, Dave, I think it's fair to say you didn't see this coming. No, definitely not, uh, Tim. I, um, you know, I, was, uh, I was shocked when I first heard the news, mate. When were you told? I was told on Tuesday. Uh, it was my brother that uh, informed me of uh, the decision that had been made, so... Um, that's when I sort of, you know, uh, obviously was down, you know, we're down there uh, to try and get the um, the team up ready to go for uh, for the for the game. So my my obviously my my concentration was on that, but um, uh, yeah, I was uh, you know, initially shocked. When when the axe finally fell, did you did you feel betrayed to a certain degree? Oh look, I, I, was, I was just shocked. I just I thought um, you know, obviously um, I think the biggest thing, and and I've said it before, it's it's, it's not about. You know the, the situation I'm in at the moment is not about sort of pointing fingers, but it was just about understanding. I, I know that we've got uh, we're not far off the uh, 
you know, we're not far off the, uh, you know, the eight there. We've got, th- you know, obviously had three games there to go, or we've got three games to go. That, um, you know, the, the, the that was where my focus was. But it was also, you know, that's where I thought um, uh, I didn't like the way it was done. Um, that's probably the, the best way of putting it. You've you've invested a lot of emotional energy into the players, haven't you? Not not just preparing them for games, but in in their life away from football. And I guess you feel as though you know the players very well, uh, but you know it would appear as though you may not have known them as well as you, you possibly thought you knew them. Uh, yeah, look, Tim. I, as I said, I'm not. I'm not going to. Uh, there's no no finger pointing here. I don't think it helps anyone. But you now, as a coach, there we always talk about. Um, you know, there's times here where you've got to take a coach's hat off and and that sort of support base. Um, you know, I know I lose the. Uh, uh, you know, lose the job. Uh, here with the Raiders, there that you know, I know I've, I've supported many of the players, um, and uh, you know, look, I think you've got to you got to look at the positive there that you've, you know you've helped a lot of players there. Obviously, one play first grade and two sort of achieve their goals, with, you know, representatively, you know. So that's the way I'd like to look at it. Um, and, and as I mentioned before, you know, when you take that sort of coach's hat off, there's you know, with uh, you know, with the young, you know, when you've got young players there, they've also got to grow. You know, it's not just football; it's on and off the field. And and look, I've got some uh, Tim. I've got some you know some wonderful texts, uh, you know, from the players, uh, past and present. That you know, thanking uh, thanking me for, uh, for 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 all the help on and off the field. And that look, that's what I need to take away. Yeah. Do you feel as though, to a certain degree, you you have paid a price for your support of Blake Ferguson? Look, uh, I think that's you know. Look, uh, I know it's uh, that's been a question that's been asked. Uh, and like I've supported other other players, yeah, I, I did support, uh, you know, Fergo. Um, I know that, uh, you know, in the situation there, that you make decisions as a as a coach, um, and you're not going to again, you're not going to sort of please everyone, um, but you've got to make those sort of decisions. But not without, you know, again, I I, I do consult um, you now the senior leadership. I did, you know, obviously the board had the input as well, so. And I think um, I think we, you know, in that situation there at the time there that we were sick of. You know, letting players go, um, you know, doing the right thing, and 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 uh, then going to another club. So there was a there was a, a number of factors. I don't, you know, again, I I, uh, I do sort of stand by. I, you know, I did support the kids. So um, and that's part of my role. You know, it's pretty obvious that that some players thought that he was being treated too lenient, though. Uh yeah. Look, I, you know, I've I've had, you know, again, the the, the players have, you know, expressed their concern at times. You know, certain players, so. As I said before, you, you, being a head coach, you've got to take in all the information, um, and you've got to make a sort of call. And as I said, that you know, um, information from you know from the board, information from uh, from the players as well. So, yeah, look, it, it, that support was there. Um, we all know that the, the kid can play, and and I've been pretty pretty adamant too that um, that you know he he's got a long way to go, and I've I've stated that from right from the start. You know. Uh, uh, you know that he needs that support and help. Uh, do you buy the line that uh, you, you paid the price because of the results over the last three weeks? Then, oh, look, it is result driven, Tim. I can't, you know, look, it, you've, you know, there's times there, we, you know, we've we've had our fair share as a team there on and off the field that you know that we've showed adversity to be able to get through those um, uh, those um, you know issues. As I said, whether it's on or off the field, we've we've, we've We've been able to get through that. We're still in a position there, as I said. The team is in a position there to, you know, to still contest these, these finals. Um, 
you know, it, it, you know that part of part of the job is, and and and, and this club, you know, uh, obviously, um, you know, strives to get that sort of success. They want that success, and 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 part of it is is, is results, and, and and I know that. But the timing was rather strange then. Three weeks to go before the finals, and you're still in contention. Tim, that's probably the, the thing. I'm, I'm, uh, I suppose that's the thing I, I've been battling with is that the, the, the timing of it, mate. That's that's probably the main thing. If it come to the end of the year and there was a review and they said, "Well, mate, we no longer use your service, uh, need your services," um, you know, uh, and, I, and I'm, one, I'm a person there. I've said it before. I've, I've you know, there's, there's never been one sort of person bigger than this club, I, and, I, and I don't. And I've enjoyed sort of playing and, and starting my coaching career um, at this club. So, um, you know, I'm grateful that, that the club doesn't owe me anything. Um, uh, uh, no, certain, certainly not. Sacked Canberra Raiders coach with grandstands Tim Gavel. Now, Tim also caught up with Raiders captain Terry Campese over those reports that he and Brett White were the two instrumental figures in getting Furness sacked. He, Tim Gavel sought to clear that up with Campo. Did you realise in your wildest dreams that after going to see David Tom with Brett that things would eventuate the way that they did? No, we um, you know, met with... Um with a uh, couple of the, the board members, um, you know, early on in the week and, yeah, definitely um, didn't think it would come to this. It was, um, you know, more to talk about the uh, the future of the club and just uh, a few, a few um, you know, things that we thought could uh, move the club forward and, um, yeah, definitely, you know, after leaving that meeting, didn't think that um, this would come out of that. So, so do you think that, to a certain degree, it's taken you by surprise that the whole the way that things have un- unfolded? Oh, definitely. Like I said, um, you know, we went down the, down the coast on, on Tuesday and, you know, the, that was the last thing that I thought was going to was going to come out of that day, you know, um, was, was for Fernsey to be stood down and it was, yeah, definitely disappointing and it was still a shock to me when, when I heard and, um, yeah, my, my intentions of the, the meeting that happened earlier that week was, you know, not, not for Fernsey to, to get the sack, which is... Um, been betrayed in the media I guess and you know the my intentions was you know the best for the club and um, yeah mate I, I, I was yeah, definitely disappointed as well. What, what, what's your relationship like with Dave at the moment? Well I'm captain of the football club mate and he's a coach so it's definitely a, a, a good relationship there and yeah that's why also it's disappointed um, the, the way that the, the media have betrayed you know what's going on no one knows what goes on in these in these doors, so you know, if uh, you know they're not here day to day, they, they don't know, um, you know, what goes on. And yeah, my relationship with Dave is, um, you know, hopefully can still continue and still be strong. You're listening to the two halves with Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue. That was Raiders captain Terry Campisi. We're looking at the sacking of David Ferner. Matt, what do you think particularly about what Campisi was talking about there? He's denying that a player revolt was behind this sacking where all the reports suggest that is what has happened. Mm, yeah, usually the old saying in journalism where there's smoke, there's fire. There's got to be <laughs> some sort of truth in there. Look, look, I think Terry and he admitted that in that interview. He's, there are certain things at that club that yeah. the players weren't happy about. Uh, my understanding and my reliable understanding is that the, the senior group were, were frustrated with certain things that were happening at the club. Uh, they wanted to say on the direction of the club, and that's why I think Terry Campisi and other players like Brett White, they, they went to the board and, and, and had a chat and said, 
here are some ideas going forward for our import, etc. And I don't think it was his intention for, for Dave to get the sack, but it's happened that way, and, and that's the way the board's looked at it. And I suppose in raising that the club needs to go in a future direction, they've also said, well, hang on a minute, the board have said, well, okay, maybe the, Dave is not the man for the job. And now the Raiders have to try and focus on football and try and make it into this eight. A very difficult task, but we've seen with the Cowboys, they've been spurred on with Neil Henry sacking. Plenty more issues to delve into next. The Two Halves Friday with Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue on ABC Grandstand Digital. Well, the Sharks' Asada investigation continues to get very interesting. Bruno Cullen spoke to the ABC's 7.30 program earlier this week describing the administration of the Cronulla Sharks. Of course, he was sent in there as an interim CEO and then quit after only a few months there. Here's Bruno. The organisational structure of the Cronulla Sharks footy club was like a footy club of 20 years ago. For a number of reasons, it was an invitation for things to happen. It was a disaster waiting to happen and and all those things have eventuated. And something that was discovered from that 7.30 report as well was that Shane Flanagan, the Sharks coach, operated a separate bank account that was off the books. Steve Noyce, who's now the new CEO, responded to that. All the the monies were raised, were put into that account and were all utilised for the high performance gym. I think in the current circumstances it's prudent to get the integrity unit out so they can conduct an independent review and uh, I'm sure everyone here will be interested to find out what the results of those uh, of that review is. Including us, Matt Logue, what do you think about uh, these latest revelations? Amazing, really. And I think as Bruno said there, and quite fittingly, it really highlights, I think, the the unprofessional nature of the Cronulla board, the setup. It's like a, a throwback to the 1970s, yeah. you know, a footy club run off chook raffles. It's just, <laughs> it really is not professional. And I think through this whole Asada investigation, through other dealings we've seen with the salary cap that's been reports servicing around Paul Gallen and the E-Group security group, I think... It hasn't helped the situation because we've got a board who I don't think of, in a professional sense, have been at the best of their ability with the structures set up. I feel for Shane Flanagan, I think in some respects, the club has got no money and this they had no money to uh, to buy gym equipment and all that sort of stuff that for their, their gym. I think his intentions, even though they're a little bit misguided, his intentions were to set up an account and he used his own money yeah. to try and pay for some of these things. But the reality is he didn't let the board know. The board didn't know. No one knew anything. And I think it's it's to me it's just disaster. It's it's very strange, a bizarre situation. You would think there's gotta be a board clean out in order to try and resurrect the club and ensure that the sharks survive. The interviews have now finished, haven't they? Asada's interviews, Paul Gallen was the last one to go through that. So now it's the waiting game to see, okay, forget about what's gonna to happen to the administration, but what's gonna to happen to the players. Yeah, I think the administration I think that will be something that will be dealt with and I hope the NRL can step in once this is all done but at the moment our immediate focus is Asada the interviews were finished yesterday night Paul Gallon skipper he was the last one it's now been extended out to post grand final so this could have implications on the world cup we're at a stage now where now rather where Asada are saying there'll be six month bans for some of these players or there'll be the automatic two year suspension now this is 
I suppose, reliant upon whether they deem the interviews with the players to be, if the players are providing honest and factual evidence, not only about themselves, but about others. And if they don't, they could push out from a six-month ban to a two-year ban. So at the moment, it's very much in the in the hands of Asada and what they deem to be um, accurate and honest, and we'll go from there. But big news to come in the coming weeks. Yeah, massive implications for a whole lot of people involved. You're listening to The Two Halves with Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue. Up next, we're going to stuck in, get stuck into footy talk and preview round 24 of the NRL. Do you love your sports? Then find out what's coming up on the sporting calendar with ABC Grandstand. Simply log on to abc.net.au slash grandstand. Click on the broadcast schedule and there you have it. Plus, catch up on the latest news and sports results. You don't know what the pool of players is yet. Two of Australia's defending Olympic gold medals. abc.net.au slash grandstand for sports coverage like no other. The Two Hubs Friday with Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue on ABC Grandstand Digital. There's plenty to look forward to on the field this weekend. Starting with tonight, the South Sydney Rabbitohs hosting the Bulldogs at Sydney's Olympic Stadium. That's at 7.35pm. Rabbitohs coach Michael Maguire says, really now it's about building every week until the finals. Yeah, we've got to make sure that we uh, continue on what we uh, did against Manly. Yeah, prior to that, we, we probably weren't at our best. Uh, you know, and there's areas of our game that we've definitely honed in on and we want to make sure we uh, do that this Friday. So, Matt, the Bunnies really seem to have clicked back into form now after a few off weeks. I was worried in that first half against Manly. Uh, Manly, a very physical side, and they were dominating. They were so good. And I'm sitting back thinking, see, South might not win this game and they (laughs) might not be back. And, yeah, I thought Manly were very good in that first half. But the second half, Greg Inglis clicked into gear. His defence was phenomenal uh, and set up a couple of tries. And on the back of that, South ran away with a win against the Seagulls that probably wasn't reflective of the contest. Yeah. The Seagulls really just didn't take their chances in the first half. As you said, they were so dominant, but it wasn't reflected on the scoreboard. But it's credit to the Bunnies to prove that in those situations they can come back and find a win. Yeah, but I think so. And Everyone was talking about the performance of Greg Inglis. Adam Reynolds was outstanding yeah. as well. His kicking game, I thought, came back to the fore and... He credits a kick up the the bum. That's what his his words were from Coach Maguire. He just sort of said to him, mate, look, you know you can do it. And he went out there. He came up with that big play in the second half, the line dropout. Kieran Foran, pinpoint kick in the end goal. I don't know why, Matt, more players don't do that from the line dropout. Absolutely. You know, they should practice that and to kick it out and get it over the sideline, not on the full. um, It'd be a great little trick play. Well, the bunnies were on the rails there and I thought, oh, they're in some trouble. And then he's come up with a brilliant play. It's gone out. They've got the the scrum feed. And from there, they went on and won the match. I think you're leading into tonight's game, a a big test for the Bulldogs, a number of injuries. Ben Barber's still on the sidelines. Greg Eastwood and big Sam Cassiano. And, And you look at this South Sydney side, hit back last week. And as Maguire said, they really focused on a few things, and yeah. I think he'll have them fired up and they'll be too good. Yeah, definitely. I think the Bunnies all the way in this one. Now, the Panthers will take on the Broncos tonight, also 7.35pm in Penrith. Uh, this one, how are you feeling? I'm, I'm finding it difficult to go either way, maybe just leaning towards the Broncos. It's a tough tip because I thought I thought the Panthers were gone only a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and then they went to New Zealand, surprised everyone, down 12-0 early. 
and come back and won that match. It yeah. was a it was a fantastic effort. They're at home, and so I think you know that they'll be confident. But yeah, the Brisbane Broncos uh, certainly walking that finals tightrope. But they they've got a side. I think Hoffman's playing outstandingly well, and despite the fact they're missing Justin Hodges, I think they can go to Penrith and get the win. Now on Saturday afternoon, the Dragons will ha- play the West Tigers. I was going to say host. They are hosting technically, but it's going to be out at the SCG. That's a 3 p.m. game. So Saturday afternoon footy at the SCG. Doesn't get much better than that, except that both teams are pretty poor, have been pretty poor this season at the bottom of the ladder. I mean, can we expect an entertaining clash from these cellar dwellers? Oh, I hope so. Look, I thought the Dragons were pretty good against Cronulla. They deserved to very win that game. Very unlucky to lose. Yeah, very unlucky, weren't they? I'm sure as Amanda sat up on the hill there in a <laughs> windy Wollongong, you were filthy. But no, look, I thought they, they tried really hard. Um, and I know that doesn't always work out in rugby league, but they should go in favour to this one. The, the Tigers at the moment, to me, without Robbie Farrah and all the dramas with the coach and... Um, Benji Marshall, they just seem to be a a club that's got a lot of issues. I don't it doesn't seem that unified happiness that usually is there at the time. Yeah. It's not there, so I, I think that the Dragons deserve their favoritism here. But yeah, great occasion. The SCG a throwback to the glory days of our great game and some of the, the best grand finals. And fittingly, our, our great trophy, which during the week. Yes. Uh, Norm Proven and Arthur Summons. That'll now be the Norm, oh, the, the Pro- uh, Proven, Proven Summons, Summons trophy. trophy. So, yeah. like, how good? I think that's that. It's only fitting, and uh, as it should be, it's those two men that are on the trophy. I yeah. didn't realize that it wasn't called that before. It's one of the most <laughs> iconic sporting. You know, like you go across the world, and there's all the cups, and yeah. you can, you know, the Bledisloe. You can drink out of it and probably get yourself lost inside yeah. the it. The Stanley but, Cup. Yeah, there are a lot. Well, there's cups. great trophies, but. I may be biased, but I really love <laughs> our trophy. Uh, it's it's so iconic, and it's, it's it represents something. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it'd be a great occasion out there, but the Dragons should be too good. I agree with you on that one. And the Titans will be taking on the Warriors Saturday, 5.30pm at Rabina Stadium. And Titans forward Mark Minicello is going to bring up a milestone game. It's a big honour to um, you know, be playing my 150th uh, for the club and um, you know, the first player to do that. Um, it's 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 a big achievement. I'm I'm pretty proud of it, and um, you know I just hope that we can go out there and, and get a, a win. Now the Titans are just hanging on to eighth spot. Do you think they'll manage to stay there after this weekend? This is another one of those games which you know a tipster's nightmare. I, I believe uh, the New Zealand Warriors really. I thought they had the Panthers measure last week. Very disappointing effort. They do travel away from home, but I'm still going to stick with the Warriors. I, I think they've got. Plenty to play for, as do the Titans being at home, but uh, I like the Warriors. I think it's a toss of a coin again. I've liked the Warriors all season. They've backed it up sometimes. They've let me down a few other times, like last week. Uh, So I'm going to give them one more chance. This is it. This is the last time I'm tipping the Warriors. If they don't win, it's all over. (laughs) You're listening to The Two Halves with Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue on Grandstand Digital and Radio Australia across the Asia and the Pacific. Coming up next, the second half of Round 24. Grandstand NRL Replay. If you miss the footy or just want to relive your side's great win from the last round, tune your digital radio to ABC Grandstand. Get replays of the footy on weekdays. He chips the ball over the top and takes it for And you can also listen live online at abc.net.au slash grandstand. Replays of NRL. Grandstand Digital. The Two Halves Friday with Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue on ABC Grandstand Digital. 
few more games to get through in round 24. The North Queensland Cowboys taking on the Newcastle Knights Saturday, 7.30pm in Townsville. Jonathan Thurston, the Cowboys star playmaker, says the team is ready to fire against the Knights. You know, things haven't changed uh, too much from our perspective. We're still training very hard and coaches are working very hard. So it's just great that we've been able to get a few wins and, you know, we're only two points out of the eight and hopefully we can have a good performance on Saturday night against a a tough uh, night side. Yet another game, Matt, which has so many implications for the final eight. It's amazing how many of these games do have it this weekend with just three rounds to go. The Cowboys at home, though, do you think they'll have the edge with that home ground advantage? Yeah, if I'm being honest, they do have the edge at home. Uh, Jonathan Thurston's come into his own, and the Cowboys just seem to be playing a, a more fancy free type football you know they just don't don't seem to be as, as structured and then they're playing to their strengths which I think are on the back of Thurston they've got a great pack and then you've just got some fantastic outside backs Tate, Lynette you know the likes of Ashley Graham they've got a great side yeah. so they deserve favoritism Newcastle Knights they they had a fair go against the Melbourne Storm 8-0 up early in the first half coming into the second a crucial moment, obviously, Cooper Cronk, Sim Binning, you know, you could argue that that changed. Which you're filthy about. Well, a bit disappointed, <laughs> yeah. That that probably changed the momentum of that game. But, you know, yeah, it's a huge test. Away from home, they beat them earlier this year, the Knights. I think they, they beat the Cowboys 36 to or 34 to 6 from yeah. memory in Newcastle. But, yeah, I'll stick with the Cowboys here, but I think it'll be a cracker. It'll be a very close game. Yeah, I'm loving all these games this round particularly. It's good when we get to this stage of the finals, and there are still plenty of teams in contention. You don't want it to be cut and dried. I think the Cowboys at home will just get the two points. Now, the Canberra Raiders, after this week of turmoil, they have to take on the Manly Seagulls Sunday, 2 p.m. at Canberra Stadium. What, what do you think? Do you think the, the Raiders will be able to have that post-coach sacking boon? <laughs> well, history says, Amanda, that, that, that that's what's going to happen. The Raiders are going to absolutely arrive there on Sunday and fire up and, and beat Manly. You know, they've got something to prove. The coach is gone and Andrew Duneman will look like a, a master coach. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it usually happens. This time, though, I don't think so. No. I, I really don't. I, I think Manly Seagulls, be, they're, they're fuming after their loss last week against South Sydney, several refereeing decisions. I think Jeff Toovey, Coach Jeff Toovey's settled down now. He's uh, he's not as red as he was last Friday. No. And in saying that, I was very, I was, in, I thought it was fantastic to see. I thought it was refreshing to see. I know he got a fine for it, but <laughs> he's passionate and he got in there and he defended his team. And by and large, he was right in my opinion. So no, I think good on your twos. Well done, a, mate. We have a little bit of him going off. That's ridiculous. There's got to be an investigation into this. I just love it, Matt. I love yeah. that he was, yes, as you said, very passionate. And um, you were in that press conference room. What was the reaction from the journos when he was going off? Oh, wow. It was um, it was one of shock at first. And then I think a, a couple of them could see, like, the humorous side to it. Uh, but I'm being quite serious. Like, I honestly applaud Jeff because it's a lot of coaches go into those press conferences for an insight for our listeners and they'll be very boring, very cliche. They're not giving the listeners and the punters at home an insight yeah. or some passion. Jeff, when he played the game, he was a little dude, but geez, he, he batted above his, his weight. And he's passionate about his club. And he got in there and he said, I'm not happy about it. And I loved it. So I think I, I think it's good to see. And um, But I think he'll learn from it and he probably yeah. won't question the referees 
that badly maybe next time. No, have a think about it. But in terms of what's going to happen on the field, I'm with you in that one. I think Manly will be really hurting from last week's loss to the Rabbitohs, and I think they'll bounce back emphatically against the Raiders. Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m., the Melbourne Storm will be hosting the Parramatta Eels. Now, the Storm, this you know, this could be really, really embarrassing, couldn't it? Yeah. They could get up they could score sixty, seventy points, who knows? Oh look, I hope not for, for the spectacle point of view, but um yeah, look, the Melbourne Storm they know how to find a gear when other teams are sort of on the edge and they're competing with them. Like the Knights were going blow for blow and it's like Muhammad Ali just comes in across and just goes whooshka. <laughs> and that's what it's like. They um <laughs> that analogy's been put out there, but they've got those superstar players, the Cameron Smiths and the Billy Slaters and the they just know how to compete, and then when the game's on the line, bang, they come up with the big plays, and they do it consistently. Parramatta, well, they're the exact opposite of yeah. that. So I give them no chance in this, and yeah, Melbourne by plenty. Then on Monday, 7 p.m. at Shark Stadium, it'll be the Cronulla team taking on the Sydney Roosters, and Luke O'Donnell will be missing for the Roosters, but, I mean, how, how are you seeing this one? He's probably not a massive blow, is he? In, yeah, in the context it, of who else they've got. It was a pretty crazy throw. Like, oh, when I saw it, I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, you know, he deserved to be suspended. He's been very good for the Roosters this year. The Sharks are at home. So, you know, they're going confident. A lot of drama uh, around them. So, so far, they've handled it quite well. Yeah. They're firmly entrenched yeah, in the six. eighth. Yeah, I think it'll be a really good game. I, I think on the back of uh, Carney at the Sharks, former Rooster coming up against his former club, I think yeah. he'll be very competitive. But I like the Roosters. I think they've got the finer touch and they've got the defence that maybe the Sharks don't have. And in a close one, the Roosters should win. Do you think that the Sharks will make the eight? Yeah, I do. I do. I think they'll, they'll make the eight. I don't think they'll do anything. And I think it's an amazing effort for them to get this far, really, like... It'd be very interesting to see another club in the NRL with this much scrutiny and how they performed. And, yeah, hats off to them because they've done pretty well, really. Yeah, certainly. But I do think um, I agree with you. The Sydney Roosters will get the win on Monday. Matt Logue, thank you for your insights, as always. That is the two halves for this week. You can always go over to the website, abc.net.au forward slash grandstand to catch up on this show or to check the schedule for all the rugby league games that we will be broadcasting over the weekend. Shannon Byrne will have the second half of the show on Monday. Enjoy the footy.